in 25 years of ministry, I have never once, now this not to say it doesn't happen, because I know it does, but I'm talking my experience. I have seen more than enough people slide into the anti-Trinitarian apostasy. Some of our finest young people at Wurunga, you remember, got caught up with this and are now leading the movement here in Australia. I have seen plenty of people slip into this apostasy. I have never seen a single person come out. Is that a serious deception? I have never seen. And so if you find yourself slipping into this, or if you're already into it, you better think real hard. And I'll give you some good reasons why from the scripture you should. Let's have a look at scripture. We're going to move through this pretty quick. Genesis 1 verse 1. I see my time is gone. So how many minutes have I been preaching now, Andrew? 27 already. You can see, you can see how he says already. I've got one minute left. Is that right? Our television shows 28 minutes. I've got one minute left. So hold on because this is going to be real fast. Genesis 1 1. We all know it. If you've got your Bibles, turn there yourself. Uh, by all means, watch it on the screen, but I, I like to see the church with the Bible. This screen thing, it's for those watching here on uh, live stream. Uh, if we didn't have live stream, I've got to tell you, I wouldn't have that up there, but I would have a whole lot of Bibles at the front door that you could pick up on the way in if you haven't got one. And by the way, if you're in the church and you don't have a Bible, come and talk to me because we'll get you one, Claire. Where is she? Somewhere. We'll get you one and we'll get you one free. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. That's a definitive statement. Well, I'm going to preach in the next few weeks on this thing with creation. Because I've got to tell you, one of the things that causes me great alarm in Adventism, in Adventism and Christianity, is the denial of the first three chapters of Genesis. They are literal. You can rely on what God says. He is not a liar. When he says he created the world, he what? And he created it in six literal 24-hour solar days. And you know what? When you attack that doctrine, when you disbelieve it, when you shift, when you lean across to the bold faith, satanic lie that is evolution, the moment you do that, you deny any reason for your existence as a Seventh-day Adventist and even as a Christian. Because in Genesis 1, you've got the creation. In Genesis chapter 2, you've got the fall of man. And in Genesis chapter 3, you've got what? The promise of a saviour, the entire Bible, the entire Christian movement, every doctrine we have is built on those three chapters. And if you're going to wipe those three chapters out, if you're going to say they're allegorical, it never really happened, God used evolution, whatever other nonsense is being advanced out there. And I'm not blind, I'm educated to an, to an extent. I understand the arguments of evolution. I went to school, I went to high school, I went to university. At all three institutions, it was presented to me. I know the argument, I know the basics. But if you go down that road, you destroy the gospel. You destroy the work of the Saviour. And you leave yourself with nowhere to go but away from Christ and deep into evolution. And that is a soulless, dark walk. <coughs> In the beginning, God says, I created, he said, the heavens and the earth. And then we find something interesting in verse 26. Because God uses plural here. 
Then God said, I wonder whether you've ever seen this. Let us. Let who? Us. It doesn't say, let me. Now, if, uh, by the way, next week, come to Warunga. Come to New Hope. (laughs) Yes, come to Warunga too. We love you too. I'm doing that all the time. After 14 years, give me a go. Come to New Hope because I'm going to cook a nut meat shepherd's pie. They don't get better, do they, Liska? Did you enjoy my nut meat? I tested it on Liska this week. She ate this huge portion. There's hardly any left for anybody else. So when that nut meat shepherd's pie is there with the potato and the vegan cheese, no, not really, just just the cheese on the top. Not a lot, though, Desiree. I'll, I'll just put a little bit for... I can say to it, I created that. Amen? I don't say we create... I don't say... And I'm not going to go to Lisa and say, let us... <laughs> I'm not going to go and say, let us create that... What is it? Shepherd's <laughs> pie. Nut meat shepherd's pie. What's that other stuff I put in it too? The... Mint stuff from, not the meat one, the vegetarian one. No. Casserole mince, thank you. Nut meat and casserole mince, shepherd's pie. I'll say, I, I won't say it for any pride either because it might not work out, but then you won't hear anything from me. I'll say, I created that shepherd's pie. But if it's Liska and I who made it, what would I say? We. So when God talks here, he's giving us just a little window into who he is. He says, let us make human beings. Now, the Trinity, these three, God the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, they're all the way through the Bible. Look at this, Matthew 28, 19. We know it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's what we're doing here at New Hope. Baptising them in the, in the, in the what? The what? The, the name of the Father. Is he existent? Of the Son, is he existent? And of the Holy Spirit, is he existent? Yeah, of course he is, because he has a name. The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is God. You baptise people in the name of God. And I notice a, um, a really disturbing trend amongst anti-Trinitarians where these days when they're confronted by the biblical truth, they're then trying to say, oh, the Bible's been tampered with, it's been interfered with, it's, it's been changed. That is a very, very dangerous approach to truth. When you don't like it to say, oh, well, it's not as... The Bible is, is the most reliable. The translations are incredible. Book, God has put special protection over this book. And you can rely on it. Amen? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at this one, 1 Peter 1, 2. And there are literally... A dozen or more of these blessings in the New Testament. New Testament. Look who's here. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. In sanctification of the who? Of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, so we've got God the Father here. We've got the Holy Spirit and we've got the blood of Jesus Christ. And people say to me, well, how can one God be three persons? Well, you know what? I got married on December 25, I'm not going to forget my anniversary. I do forget the date that we did it at Warunga later. Was that, f- what was it? Was it the first? Well done, Wally. This guy is a, 
dictionary, encyclopedia. Uh, Wally, when did we start Wrongar Adventist Television? Beginning of June 2006 on TVS. In 10 years, if Jesus is not here, you'll say, Wally, what date did we start New Hope? And he'll tell you. He can tell you the different... Uh, the, the, the different uh, shows we put on television, what date they were. We don't need to record this while we've got Wally. <laughs> Back to the, the sermon. Marriage. Um, I got married December 25. I remember when Liska walked in and it, it touched me. It was a, uh, she's the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen for me. I think she is anyway, but she was for me. Uh, I kind of had tears in my eyes. And, and I watched grooms, they, they have the same experience just about right across the board. It, it was a very moving moment. And when, when uh, Lizzie comes to the front, uh, who's the pastor who married us? Past, pastor Halp and Pastor Alban, uh, when, they, when they said the vows. And Lizka walks in and I'm there. How many people are we? And this is the best example I have of the Trinity. And the pastor said, Liska, do you take this good-looking hunk? <laughs> she said, I've been waiting a long time to say yes. <laughs> and Lloyd, do you take Liska? Oh, well. <laughs> yes, 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 I do. Get the sermon over quickly. I've got business to attend. <laughs> I now pronounce you... Actually, reality is on December 25, it was done by my dad. On the beach up at Yarra Happeny, uh, right on the heads there. It's beautiful. And, and I said, I do. And then my dad said, I pronounce you husband and wife. We who were two, stand up again for a minute, dear. We who are two became what? Are we still two individuals? But we're what? One, one in purpose. Are we one in authority? Yes. Hey, 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 hey. I'll have to do a sermon on that. <laughs> are we one in authority? Yes, we are. We're one in, in everything. And yet we're two distinct individuals. And I think marriage gives us just a little glimpse into the window of the Trinity. Only they have been together for how long? Eternity. And I praise God through the grace of Christ that in the future I'll be with Lisca for eternity too. Can't wait, babe. I'm not allowed to say babe on television. I've been told that. <laughs> Sorry, I won't say that again. <laughs> Let's have a quick look at Jesus and then the Holy Spirit and then I'll finish. This won't take long. John 1, 1 to 3. This is what the Bible says about Jesus. In verse 14 of John chapter 1, Jesus is identified as the Word. So look at this. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Now I want to change this. I was doing a Bible study with some of our kids. Love it. If you need Bible studies, you come and talk to Claire or me. We want to do it. Amen. We'd jump at it. We'll be around your place. And you don't have to feed us either. We'll come for free. Yes, for free. Because we love to share Jesus. Um, and the other day, this is what I said to him, replace the word, word, because verse 14 says the word is Jesus with Jesus. Watch this. In the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with God and Jesus was 
God. Jesus existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Jesus and nothing was created except through Jesus. And it's kind of like this. Come up here just for a second. Here's Lizzie and me. We are what? And you could say, and this is a crude example, but next week, who created the shepherd's pie? Who? Me. But am I a Grolamond? Is she a Grolamond? She actually didn't want to change her name. Can you believe that? <laughs> Modern woman. <laughs> it's the Grolamonds. A Grolamond made that. I could have even been sent by Lizga to make it. True? Jesus is God. And when it says God sent Jesus to create the world, or God gave Jesus the power, who gave him the power? Well, it came from God. Who's God? God's the Holy Spirit. God's the Father. And God's who? Jesus. That's why Jesus says when the disciples come to him, show us the Father. And what did Jesus say? What is wrong with you guys? I've been with you for so long. If you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen who? That's how close they are. But John 1, John, the disciple of Jesus, clearly says Jesus is God. And by the way, if Jesus is God, he has all the attributes of God. It means that Jesus is all-powerful. It means Jesus is all-knowing. And it means that Jesus is pre-eternal. Amen? Mm. John 20, 26, 28, great, great story. And I'm just going to rip through it. Eight days later, the disciples, this is after Jesus has been resurrected. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And Thomas, the disbeliever who did not believe that Jesus had risen. Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, you unbeliever. Thomas, come here. Put your finger here and look at my hands and put your hand in the wound of my side. And don't be faithless any longer, man. Believe. And what did Thomas do? He said, my Lord and my God. Thomas knew who Jesus was. And then you've got the Father himself in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. Now, even the anti-Trinitarians acknowledge the Father is God. In fact, they'll say he's the only God, really. That's, that's where, you, where they get cornered. Is Jesus God? Well, kind of God. He, he, he. But they'll acknowledge the Father. What does the Father say about Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God. How much clearer can the Bible be? Adventists, why are we arguing over this? The Father himself says that Jesus is God. The Bible is a testament to the fact that Jesus is God. And when in Genesis 1, Jesus said, God said, let us create the world. It was Jesus. And if you don't believe it's the Holy Spirit as well, read verse 2. It says, the Spirit of God hovered over the earth. The three were involved in the creation of the earth. God made the planet and he made you. Holy Spirit, very quickly, this is Jesus speaking but when the Father sends the Advocate noun as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit pronoun, he, he will, not it will, not it will, do I have to say it again, not it will, he, these are Jesus' words. And if we're going to be Christian, surely we're going to believe in Jesus. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus says he will come, uses the pronoun, always talks about the Holy Spirit as a person. John 14, 17, he is, not it is, he is, not it is. If I came in my car 
to church today, I came in it. If I walked with Lizka to church today, I came with her. God invented language. He understands pronouns. The Holy Spirit was an it, was a force. He would have called it an it and a force. But right through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation and every single time, every single time Jesus talks, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He uses the personal pronoun he. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. He doesn't recognise him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads to all truth. Stay with that for a moment. John 16, 13. He leads to truth. Watch this. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And so it goes on. John 14, 15 and 16. Three great chapters in the Bible where God talks about the Holy Spirit makes it very clear who He is. So why does it matter? A couple of reasons. Number one, the Holy Spirit. If you deny the personhood of the Holy Spirit, who He actually is, if you say He who is God, who sits on the throne of heaven, who reigns over all the universes, who created the world, who made you, Holy Spirit is involved in making you. He is God. If you deny his existence, there comes a time. Look, I'm sorry to use you so much, Lizzie. But if I, who am married to her, continue to deny her existence, what's going to happen to the marriage? You're going to have a single pastor. And that's not going to happen, let me tell you. Because I know very well and truly you exist. You wake me up every morning at six o'clock and make me get out of bed. <laughs> you make me vacuum <laughs> and do all those jobs around the house. Sunday used to be a day of rest for the Seventh-day Adventists. Not anymore. No, not really. I'm loved. I'm loved gently and I'm, I'm, I'm loved beautifully. And I know Lizzie exists and I want to spend time with her. I want to talk with her and I want her in my life and I acknowledge her and her gifts and what she's brought to me. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to constantly, continually say, you don't exist, you don't exist, you're just a force, it's just a force. No, eventually he turns from you and he has to go. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I've wondered to myself, why, why, why do so many people who get caught in this awful apostasy that denies the very essence of who God is. Why do they never come back? And I'm convinced that one of the main reasons they never come back is because they deny the Holy Spirit. And guess who is on the earth drawing us into the truth and to God and to Jesus? Guess who it is? He's the one who leads you into what? All truth. And if you deny him, you haven't got a chance. And that's a tragedy. And secondly, why does it matter? When Jesus came down to earth and lived here, when he got up on the cross with our sins and died, he was not some sub-God who came forth from God and sent to do God's dirty work. It was God, Jesus, was God who got down off his throne. It was God who became a human being. And it was God who came down here and took your sins to the cross. It was God, God himself who came and saved you. Can you see the power of that? 
It was God who became your brother. It is God now, Jesus himself, who sits on the throne of heaven, ruling over the universe, and it's God who's coming back to save us. Amen? You see why this matters? It was God who came down to rescue you. And that makes a difference. I think of, and I'm closing, 12.35, my goodness. I want to invite the music team up. Claire, Moyer and Sukumaran and Andrew Chan. You know the story, we talked about it a few times here. Buried just up the road, did you know that? Executed criminals who found the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, hallelujah. God makes, when God comes to you in full force, when God the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the whole, and Jesus the Son come to you in full force, when you get a saviour, when you get someone who leads you into truth, when you get a king and a ruler, all three, when they come to you, it makes a difference. And those two men, hardened drug addicts, I remember the first time I saw them on television. Do you remember that? I thought to myself as I watched them, I watched their attitude, I watched the way they're behaving, I'm thinking to myself, they deserve to get shot. That's an awful thing to say, isn't it? But it's what I thought. That's how callous these guys were. But who came to visit them in prison? God. It was the Holy Spirit. And he convicted them of Jesus. And he pointed them to the Father. And as they experienced God, they fell on their knees and they had a conversion. And they were changed men. Amen. And God wants to change you like he changed them. And if he can change them, he can change you. Just recognise who he is, the sovereign of the universe. Invite him into your heart. The Holy Spirit will come. He will rush in. And then he will change you and you'll have a conversion like they did.